Hello, dear listener. This is Basement Gaming, episode 52. My name is Herb, and I'm joined by my dear cousin Brigham. Hi. So this week, Brigham and I talk about the Olympics and whether esports has a place in them. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at BasementGaming9 and your podcast listening app of choice to stay up to date with new episodes. And please share the show with all your gaming friends. With formalities out of the way, welcome to Basement Gaming. the olympic theme in my head but not quite what is the olympic theme <laughs> it's like uh there it is yeah yeah okay so you know, what, you know what i think of when i hear that i think of my first grade my, my elementary school graduation ceremonies because that's they always played that song at like our graduation ceremonies where people get their like, you know, perfect attendance award and stuff like that. <laughs> so I always thought that was like their own song. I didn't realize it was like the freaking Olympic song it was so funny. Yeah. So have you I mean, so okay, the, the year is 2020, 2021, right? Yep. 20, and then the Olympics are going on right now. And I remember when the the Tokyo Olympics were announced and then they showed you the logo and then the entire internet was like, this is probably the most perfect I, Olympics, I, I think about this all the time. Olympic logo ever, and it was just squandered because of COVID. <laughs> They're like, I don't care. It's 2021. We have too good of a logo. We're calling this a freaking 2020 Olympics. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the most hilarious thing ever. Like, the advertisement company was just like, we ain't changing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is it. We're going with this. Yeah. And I, I'm here for it. It's, it's a great logo. We shouldn't waste it. But, yeah, it's the Olympics. Have you been watching any of it? Um, I watched a little bit of it. I watched some tennis highlights, uh, volleyball here and there. I don't, it's one of those things. It sucks because it's in Tokyo, right? I mean, it's cool. That it's in Japan, but it's like the time zone thing. You know, it's like, it's on at like four in the morning or three in the morning for me. So I can't really watch much of it live. So I ended up just watching highlights and hearing about what happened. I mean, Brigham, whenever you see it on TV, they'll say live a lot of times. And it's like, it's just a replay of what happened today because it, you know, they know how time zone time zones work. I, I know, but you're you're also under the assumption that I have cable TV. Yeah, that, nobody has that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, um, you know, I have um, I have a login for my sister for her Direct TV, so I just go on the NBC nice. website and I just watch vods of like what's happened the day before, early that day. And yeah, I I, I freaking love the Olympics. I love sports. Love watching sports. I think. Sports is just another form of storytelling, to be honest, with just athletes oh, instead true. of characters. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And uh, this weekend, I was hanging out with some friends, and uh, someone brought up like, "Oh, do you think like the Olympics would ever be, would ever include esports?" Because I mean, the Olympics has been adding games here and there recently. I mean, they added freaking skateboarding this year, which is pretty cool. That was awesome, yeah. It's like you know this kind of. Uh, Let's say fringe sport, you know, kind of got mm-hmm. added. Um, I play Ultimate Frisbee. A lot of discussion around Ultimate Frisbee comes up too. It's like it's getting more and more recognized worldwide as a legitimate sport. And we're just like, oh, maybe the next step is the Olympics. I have you a, know, honestly, I, I, I think the kind of sp- I think these kind of sports like Ultimate Frisbee or sports that like you know aren't multi million dollar sports. Those are the ones that are most fun to watch for me because it's like people can't make a living off that sport. You know what I mean, like these are like, true. Like I mean, they can't. It's not like 
not like basketball NFL players. You know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. these are like true, just everyday people who just love that sport. And I think it's that's a, my favorite type sport. of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Passion sport. Great. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what the word is. And the passion sports to me are the ones that are most fun to watch. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love about the Olympics is, uh, like at the Olympics, I refuse to watch the major sports. I refuse to watch basketball, baseball, soccer. It's like I can watch this it's so boring year round. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, really boring because it's worst players. It, the, the teams don't really re- even practice together. Really, yeah, I don't watch any of the and, like, and like the good sports. players. Just try to make sure they don't get hurt. So. <laughs> exactly, it's just like playing on fifty percent the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I guess some other major sports at the Olympics are like gymnastics and swimming. So I'll I'll, I'll take a peek at those, but usually. I'm watching fencing. I'm watching volleyball. I never get to watch volleyball. I'm watching volleyball, watching judo, taekwondo, like whatever fringe sport I can find. I was watching some synchronized diving the other day. That's freaking amazing, by the way. Highly recommend. Uh, <laughs> some badminton. Anyway, the Olympics is all about fringe sports to me. So, what's what's even what's more fringe than esports, right? <laughs> right. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, what's your yeah, general Yeah, I'm actually idea? blown away that there weren't any esports at the Olympics that are hosted in Japan. You'd think that, you know, Japan was such a yeah. huge game market. I mean, they had video game music playing during the opening ceremonies of this Olympics. Yeah. So it's not like something that, you know, there obviously is a huge fan base for that. So I'm kind of surprised. I think there were talks at one point of maybe having esports in the Tokyo Olympics. I don't know if I'm just making that up or if that's something that actually happened, but... I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really interesting. The hard part is just figuring out which game to play <laughs> for yeah. the Olympics, you know? Um, would you just take the most popular games? Would you take multiple games or just one game? Yeah, that's the question that would be difficult if they were to bring it. And obviously, it would have to change probably every time because, you know, imagine they played this in like 2017 or 20, 2018. It's like, okay, we're going to have Overwatch, obviously, because it's the biggest game right now and it's game of the year and it's going to be an Overwatch League. And then now if they did Overwatch, it's like, who? Who plays Overwatch? It's a dead game. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that came up to my mind is like the the life cycle of esports are usually less than five years. Mm-hmm. At least at least in popularity. Even if esports keeps going, like start there's still StarCraft going on, but no no one in the outside of South Korea watches South, uh, StarCraft. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing, is like they have to make a decision of like, okay, we're gonna have esports, but we're gonna pick like two games and then just roll with that for that year and then four years later we'll see if we'll keep those two games or do another two games right Mm -hmm. that's pretty much the only way i kind of see this working out because again like another thing too with with esports um i saw this tweet earlier where someone was asking like oh why isn't there like a sports center type channel but just for esports and like someone um commented was just like it's because people don't really like following esports that they don't play like they don't of games that they don't play you know Mm mm-hmm so it's like I would I could I would go on there on that on this sports center type channel and then they'd be playing some StarCraft clips, a big highlight. I would I would have no idea what's going on. Just like I don't play StarCraft or Age of Vampires, you know? Like maybe if it's a fighting game, I'll I'll be able to see like, oh, you did something cool there. But it I you don't really appreciate it as much if you're not a player of that game or have played it at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too, like how do you make this an audience friendly event? Because, I mean, I don't know anything about the rules of fencing, right? But then if I tune into the fencing Olympics match, within like 30 seconds, they'll explain to me what's going on, what are the rules, and about like the first couple of minutes, I know everything I need to know about fencing. 
dude, I, there's no way I'd be able to explain to you all the intricacies of a League of Legends match in like five minutes. Yeah. Right? Like, like how, there's no way I can explain to you what to appreciate in it because there's just so many variables. There's so many champions. There's so many abilities. There's things flying all over the place. There's buffs. There's monsters. There's, there's no way I could like translate that to a regular audience. Whereas yeah. where NBC would be like, yes, we're going to put a League of Legends uh, Olympics team together and then broadcast that. Like who would, who would watch this, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, that's why I think like it would have to be a game. Like I think it would have to be like a, some sort of first person shooter team death match kind of thing. Like maybe it was something like counter-strike where it's like, okay, people understand what guns are and you know, it's like, okay, Hey, this team has a bomb. They're trying to plant it. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like, yeah, like using terminology people already understand would be easier. But even then it's like, I can't imagine like a game with like guns and people shooting people on like the family friendly Olympics. Like that'd be weird too. So yeah, there's a lot of complications with it, but I want them to figure it out because it's obviously a huge thing. This is like perfect level of fringe i mean it's like borderline fringe because there are people who there are tons of money in these sports depending on what game you're playing but i think it'd still be really cool uh i remember uh, tbs was showing counter-strike tournaments for a while like on tv and that that's a perfect example of I a game that. yeah. that's easy to follow and easy to digest that you could just throw on tv and be like i we can explain to you the premise of this game in like a minute minute and a half right at the start of the game it's like hey Here's your objective. You got these two teams. One team is attacking. One team is defending. And then, like throughout, you'd be like, "Okay, this is how you hold an angle. This is like the strategy behind it. Like it's easy to digest." Like you said, it's just a character, freaking gun. That's the enemy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, games more complex, like Overwatch and League. That's not gonna happen. No right? way. It's definitely yeah. not gonna happen. Um, so I, I think I have a bit of a hot take on this. Uh, I, I don't want esports to be in the Olympics. Like, oh, this. This ties into my whole idea of like we talked about this way, way, way earlier when we first talked about esports, about being esports being real sports. My answer is still like, who cares? Like, not. I feel like people that watch esports, we don't care about that label, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's still a giant industry. It makes a ton of money. The people that enjoy it enjoy it, and. Because there's a big audience for it, it keeps evolving, it keeps growing. I don't need the not validity, the what's the word here? Approval, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or recognition. Or, or recognition. Yeah, I don't need the recognition of ESPN. I don't need the recognition of the Olympics to enjoy esports anymore. Like that wouldn't make me enjoy it anymore than I do already, right? So Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where, you know, it'd be fun. Like it'd be cool. Cause I, it's like, I like esports, but I'm not super into Olympics. I have family who like the Olympics aren't into esports. What a perfect way to like blend the two. And it's like, it gets people who like different things to sit together and watch something together. I think this could get more viewers for the Olympics. There's been a lot of talk about how this Olympics has been really down in viewership. So maybe adding some extra things like this could help. You know, adding in sports that people like, you know, maybe most, maybe a lot of, there's a lot of esports fans that don't watch normal sports, but would watch the Olympics if it did have esports. So that's why I would like it. You're right though. Like, I mean, there's no reason they don't have to. And if they don't ever do it, it's fine. It's whatever. But I still think it'd be fun. I think the biggest, okay. Um, 
So the esport I watched the most obviously is League of Legends, and I was trying to like theorycraft how League of Legends could be League of Legends could be in the Olympics, and I just kept coming up with all these roadblocks. And the biggest one is like the and one of my friends brought this up too when we were talking about it is like how do you get these esports players to care about this random tournament, right? That happens every four years, right? Mm-hmm. And in league, the the apex tournament is worlds. That is every player's goal is to make worlds, and then if you're in a team good enough, it's to win worlds, right? So the Olympics is happening in the summer. Worlds happens in the fall. So like the teams that get decided to go to worlds, they have to play well in the summer. So the summer is the most important part of a League of Legends season. I can't imagine like. Any good player that's like on a good team that you would make a national team with would leave their team to go on a national team. Like I'm just thinking about like South Korea right now, like or China, like two of the most the biggest regions or the most powerful regions sending their best players to the Olympics. Like they would never do that. They would never <laughs> want. I mean, I guess if they have like an immense amount of like national pride, I guess that they would yeah. do that to just go and leave competition for what four four weeks like weeks that's multiple games that could like determine whether you make playoffs or not and go to worlds yeah, but, i mean it can you make know? you it can make it can make those people money and make them famous which if those you don't make famous, that much the, money at the olympics Brigham? True. okay i mean you don't make much money but you make money but the big thing is like you get it's free publicity essentially you go there you play, you do a good job. People remember your name. They go, oh, who's that person? That was really cool. I want to watch more of this. What team does he play on? Next thing you know, you got like more, you know, but again, M fans or whatever they're called. So this is what yeah. I'm talking about. This is what this is. This goes into my earlier point. Esports is already a self-sustained industry. Whereas, uh, let me tell you, the most famous League of Legends player called Faker, he doesn't need Olympics publicity. He's got public. He's got esports publicity, which is making them millions upon millions a year already. I don't think going to the Olympics will make him more famous in terms of like his income. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't think that that esports esports I mean, has its own bubble already that is like yeah. comfortable in. You know, I mean, people like him are already famous. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who aren't famous, and if they aren't famous, they do a good job at the Olympics. Then it's like, oh, hey, this person got in the Olympics, and they know that name. And then, you know, next thing you know, like that person has more fans. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was the other thing I was thinking. Okay. Maybe they do what like a lot of national soccer teams will do. They'll send some like weird B team or like they'll send younger players. Right. Mm -hmm. So, that's that's another way I could kind of see this work is that like you send some okay players that are from that country or whatever and make a team with them and then do that so that like the main LCS teams or the main league teams stay intact right mm-hmm. but then at that at that point you'll get i mean you're gonna get a worse product but most of the times i mean if you're on nbc no one knows what's happening anyway so they probably don't know that it's a worse product than the actual leagues so yeah maybe then there'll be like a good advertisement for the for the game for the esports but then again you come up with all the other problems that i brought up it's like well how do you you know how do you put this on tv for people you know yeah Oh, it's it's tricky. I I err on a sense of like we don't need it. It's fine. Uh, esports is perfectly self sustainable as it is right now. Not, probably not. Probably not perfectly. It, it could use some work, but we don't need mm-hmm. to be on TV all the time. <laughs>
yeah. No, I agree with that. I think that's fair. And it's it's a win win situation. I think in my my book, it's like if esports never comes to the Olympics, that's fine. If they do, that's cool too. You know, either way, it's it'd be cool. But maybe if they ever do a South, uh, Olympics in South Korea, you'd see a StarCraft in in there. Yeah. Then then um, Overwatch do Overwatch did like a World Cup type thing, right? I think Overwatch was like the closest esport that tried to be a true global league. Or yeah, they do have the, they have the Overwatch League. That's, that's something I do like about the Overwatch League is they have the teams based in certain you know towns like NFL or basketball. So and there are ta- you know there are teams all over. There's a couple in China, France, obviously U.S., Canada, um, Australia. I think has one. So yeah, England has one. Well, yeah, because London Spitfire won the first year. So yeah, I mean that and that's what's really cool about it because it's like you don't have to you don't have to do a whole bunch of research in like what teams. Or, you know, what are the teams and which team do you want to root for? You just pick, oh, hey, you know, I'm from Seattle, so I'm going to root for the Seattle team. And then, well, before COVID, they're going to, last year, they were supposed to start doing the games at their home cities too, which would be really cool because you can actually, you know, go to the games in your hometown. Uh, so I think that's it's a really cool idea. I think they actually do that for Call of Duty now as well. The Call of Duty basically, rip, I mean, same company, Activision, they do the same kind of thing where they have the teams based in cities. Yeah, I think Overwatch was the closest one to try to be like a true global uh, mm-hmm. esport, and um, COVID definitely derailed that. But I honestly don't think Overwatch was uh, going in the right direction in terms of like them making money and being a sustainable business. Ah, uh, I mean, I I think I mean Overwatch is still a huge deal. It's, it's just not people. It's dead right now because they're doing the weird thing of focusing all their attention Overwatch Two, and the main game hasn't had any updates but i mean back when the game was getting updates and new heroes like it was lit like everyone was playing over i mean overwatch wasn't game of the year yeah and, i get it i played yeah it. i was I there mean, it was, it's a good game i i will i will die on that hill <laughs> overwatch in my opinion one of the best shooters of all time uh oh huge huge proclamation never i mean it's not, it's not even that i wouldn't even say that controversial i mean pretty much everyone's played it at least enjoys it I think yeah. the game for four, the game was like forty bucks on launch. It was cheap for, too, on yeah. PC. So like, I, I, yeah. I, I'm getting, I'm giving it props. It's I, I respect Overwatch and everything it's done before. I'm just over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, speaking of Activision. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I, maybe depending on how you look at it, Blizzard's been in the news a lot because people were kind of not kind of definitely being freaking scumbags over there. So uh, hit us with some aftermath of uh, the very legal thing is going on in blizzard we're not going to go too far into the legalities of it yeah 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 i don't want to do details i think we've already kind of discussed a little bit of it previously about what's been going on there and the messed up you know culture that's been been there for a while now uh but you know as blizzard as me being a blizzard fanboy and you know her being super into wow back in the day and stuff and keeping his pulse on Keep, keeping pulse on the Blizzard uh, games, I feel like we should talk about a little bit what's going on there. So, yeah, they have a new CEO, uh, not CEO, but they have a new lead um, president of Blizzard. So the president of Blizzard before, Jay Allen Brack, he was only there. He was only the president for, I want to say, about three years, maybe. Mike Morheim, Mike, Mike Morheim, who was the founder of the company and previous president of Blizzard, he stepped down. I think in 2018 or 19 and Jalen Brack he used to be a developer for World of Warcraft became the president president of Blizzard and he was okay I mean I think he seemed he seemed like a really nice guy 
But obviously with the kind of culture issues going on, the harassment and things, and it seemed like that, you know, the upper echelon of Blizzard was kind of turning a blind eye to it all. There needed to be a scape. In my opinion, what happened was that there needed to be a scapegoat or someone to take the blame. Um, and ultimately the buck does stop with the president of the company. So it makes sense that he would have to step down. Did he carry all the blame? I don't know, but ultimately he stepped down. The big news I want to talk about is that there's two new leads now. Uh, Mike Yabara and oh, can you look up the name of the woman? The woman I don't know as much because she is kind of new to Blizzard. She used to be the president of Vicarious Visions, which is a company that is owned by Activision that worked on the Spiral remaster. No, they worked on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remaster and they got merged into Blizzard. So now they're just Blizzard East. Basically, they're like up in New York State. Um, okay, so, so we have uh, Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra. Yeah, so Jen O'Neill, she used to be the, founder, the, head, the head of Vicarious Visions. She is now the co-lead with Mike Ibarra. And Mike Ibarra is like a, he's been at Blizzard for a while before that he was over at Microsoft for Xbox. So he was like an executive producer, I think. So, and he, the cool thing about him is that he tweets all the time. He tweets about him playing games all the time. And people have been like sharing a tweet that he put out a few months ago of him, like getting bragging about how he got plus 20 and all the mythic plus keys for the season already. Basically showing like, wow, like this guy is a gamer, which in my opinion is like kind of like gatekeeping and people are like, Oh, okay. Now, now blizzards in good hands. Now that the president of the company can get a plus 20 in all the dungeons. It's like, Oh yes, that's the reason why. Blizzard was failing because the president of the company couldn't time a plus 20 key in a dungeon. Give me a break. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, it changed, and I think the change is good. I, I don't know what your take is on Blizzard Herd, but I think Blizzard's been kind of in a decline for a while now with not just the harassment things that's been going on, but also the the Hong Kong Blizzchunk thing, um, the mobile Diablo game announcement, uh, Overwatch 2 being delayed, Overwatch 1 being like forgotten about. I mean, there's just been a whole bunch of blunders. And so I'm just really hoping that this is like the beginning of a new era for Blizzard. But what do you think? Uh, I think it's a much needed change for sure. Uh, I feel like I haven't, ta- I haven't taken Blizzard seriously in years, man. It's like they haven't done since Over- Overwatch is like their last big hurrah. It's like, here we go. Freaking Overwatch. Like, like we talked about earlier, th- it was, a- it was a good game. It was great, uh, but ever since then, it's just been like weird decision after weird decision, uh, weird PR mess after weird PR mess, and now this act, like actual, just crappiness coming out of there, and it's just oh man, just just be better, Blizzard, just be better. Like this company is too big and too influential in the space of gaming for it to not be a better example of like how to run things and like. Obviously, every company is allowed to make mistakes. Not that kind of mistake, to be honest. But, like, yeah. mistakes in, like, game design and, like, game direction and stuff like that. And it's just been too many from, from my taste. I freaking I have so many complaints about just, like, uh, just even Call of Duty just has, like, so many things. I'm just like, you could fix this, man. Like, be better than this. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're a billion-dollar company. And for some reason, I couldn't play the game for two months because your servers didn't like my internet or something. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what was wrong with my game. It's just like stopped working. And then two months later, I, I patched it and it started working again. It's like, okay, cool. I guess I'll never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird things like that. So 
we'll see if the the leadership will change anything. To be honest, because like changing leadership is one thing, but the whole culture has to change. I mean, it's not like yeah. the devs are different. It's still the same devs. Um, I'm hoping some people get fired in this foolishness. To be honest, because oh yeah, I think this. Yeah. I hope this is just the first step. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and to be honest, like I was saying, Jalen Brack, as much as you know, I think at best. He's probably just like not a great leader. Like maybe he's just like a little bit ignorant to the issues at hand. I think he's just one of those people who was very good at his job and had been at Blizzard for a long time. And Blizzard has a problem, at least from what I've heard, and like right on like Glassdoor and things like that. That Blizzard has a problem with um, focusing on you know giving promotions to people who have the highest seniority. So it's less about you know how good you are at your job as much as it is just like how long have you been at Blizzard. And they focus a lot on like how long you've been at Blizzard and Blizzard does have like a very low turnover rate. So people that go to Blizzard stay there for a long time. So it's very hard to kind of like, you know, jump up the ranks um, without just being there forever. And I think that he was just one of those people who has been there forever and that's why he got the job. But I mean, as you see with this, two, out, two outsiders being the president of the company is huge. That's like very, dis, you know, different. And also, you know, can't forget that the head of Diablo development, like for the Diablo franchise of Blizzard, is also an outsider. He used to be uh, the head of Gears of War uh, for Xbox. He was like the president of Coalition Games. So that, that was an outsider they brought in for Diablo. And ever since they brought him in, I feel like there's been a re- renewed excitement about all the Diablo games. So I think this is a very good step in the right direction. And... Also, I should mention the HR, the head of HR at Blizzard uh, was fired as well. Yeah. I should, I should say as well, because Jalen Brack stepped down, but they said that the head of HR, global HR Blizzard, is no, no longer working there, which to me says they fired him. But yeah, that's uh, I'm not I'm not surprised there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I hope I hope there will be many more heads or many more people leaving the door. Uh, yep. We'll see what happens, but I am I am have hope. I think I, that you know sometimes whenever a company is down, I think you just need to get some new blood in there. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, get some new good. ideas, change direction, just change something. You know what I mean? So be better. Uh, it's I shouldn't talk too much about hiring from outside because in my workplace or in my industry, hiring from within is very uh, normal and uh, kind of expected. And I kind of need it to be like that because I need a promotion. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I mean, but... I think I mean, and that's that's usually a good thing. I would say like usually you don't want to hire people from outside all the time, but I guess I'm just saying that the the number one thing shouldn't be like you know seniority, maybe at least for Blizzard's case. So. Yeah, it's one of those things where in Blizzard's case or in companies' cases where like like we said, things are not going great. It's like okay, maybe we should shouldn't just keep hiring the same people over and over again. For yeah, everything. exactly. Yeah. Right. But yeah. uh that's our little spiel on Blizzard. Uh, again, we're, I mean, you can look up what's been going on. Just like lawsuits um, for uh, sexual misconduct, like harassment and stuff like that in Blizzard. Yeah. So it's just, just, you know, just an ongoing problem in the gaming industry. So if anyone out there that's a gamer, which is probably all of you, just just be better to other be people. Yep. Like gaming is for everyone. We all like it's it. Not, it's not something just for employees at you know these game companies. It's the community too. You know, yeah. it's us gamers need to be less toxic. Need to not you know send death threats and hate mail to developers whenever they make a game we don't like. You know what I mean? Like, 
Dude, I think there's just a lot of like toxicity and gatekeeping and hostility just in games. Both, well, I always thought there was like in the gaming community, but now we know there also is within game industry as well. So yeah, we all just need to be better. Yeah, dude. Speaking of freaking hate mail, did you see the whole saga with girlfriend reviews? Yeah, that was crazy too. Yeah, yeah. can you imagine like going through so much work of like sending yourself death threats to make a YouTuber look bad just because they didn't like a game, just because they, they liked like a game, the game you that didn't you didn't like. <laughs> Unreal, on. man. Unreal. These people but, have like no life to do that. It's like how, <laughs> how, how cushion of a life do you, can you have that that is the thing that makes you that upset? I don't know. I'm about to, I'm about to go off, so I'll stop there, but yeah. You there? Yeah, sorry about that. I was muted. Uh, yeah, that's that's a whole other podcast. We don't need to. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> don't anyone that hasn't beaten Last of Us Part Two probably don't look up that video. But the moral of the story is, you know, stop doing crappy stuff to the devs and gaming community. This mm-hmm. is this is supposed to be a fun thing. Don't we don't want to be the stereotype that everyone outside of the gaming industry sees us as just like a bunch of freaking repressed basement gamers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Coming from the guys have a have a podcast called Basement, <laughs> Basement Gaming. Gaming yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, thank you for listening and uh, give us a follow on your podcast listening app of choice and uh, share the show with your friends, your families, and your gamer buddies. Uh, thanks for listening. Come back next time. Peace.